welcome to another episode of the Past the Compassion podcast. My name is Jamie Wetmore. I am your host, and I'm here with Allison Bortone, my lovely, fabulous co-host. Hi, Hello. Allie. Hi. What's We're up, ready my... for season three. I know. It, it's so unreal. I'm really glad we did this in seasons. It was a great idea on your part. It's It just... We all need breaks sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but welcome back. We're so happy to have you. Happy fall, everybody. Hope we're wow. drinking all the pumpkin things, the apple things. <laughs> I feel like we didn't even get past rosé season where we were supposed to be drinking rosé. I know. To that? I know. Summer flew by. It was like April, May, June went by at a glacial pace and then July hit, and then it just took off. Yeah. But I think it's, as everybody got vaccinated and things started to open up again, it was like, whoa, the real life. Like, we're back to mm-hmm. it. A quasi. Quasi real life. Yeah. So, what's new, Allie? What have you been up to during our, our short hiatus? Good question. I'm trying to remember where we last <laughs> left off. It would have been in August? Yeah, I think it was our Beyond episode. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Oh, so my God. A lot. August feels like yesterday. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was doing something at work, and I was writing the date, and I was like, oh, my God. It's October. Yeah. Like, I still can't believe it. And we're, like, almost halfway through that. I feel like I'm on a treadmill of time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a great metaphor. A time treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess that would be August. What have you been doing since August? I feel like you've had some really exciting things going on. Yeah, my lease was up for my apartment situation, so I've been traveling quite a bit. I have been on the West Coast for the past five weeks, so I was in Seattle for a month, and now I am in California, and the first was an Airbnb, and now I'm doing house-sitting, which is through a website that I highly recommend to anybody looking to adventure and travel because basically the website works by people who need their house or their cat or their dog or any any sort of pet sit for an extended period of time while they go away and then you can be a member of the site and apply to those sits that you're able to do and then people either like approve or deny your application and if you're approved then you get to go um, sit for their house and there's no exchange of money at all. It's just sort of you get free accommodation and they get somebody to take care of their home or their pet. That's super cool. Yeah, it's really awesome. I found it during the pandemic when I was questioning my entire life. I was doing a lot of research. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as you there do. Was like, yeah, <laughs> there was like a, a YouTube video about the top 10 ways to like work remotely or live um, like a digital nomad kind of thing. Yeah. And that was on there. And I was so curious about the whole system and if it was like safe and if people used it, but it's been a really, really awesome thing. And I highly recommend it's called trustedhousesitters.com. Wow. That's fabulous. Yeah. And you found out about it through a video you said? Yeah. Wow. Classic. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. I feel like there's so many, I feel like so there's so many misconnections in the world just out of like 
so many people want engagement or help or whatever they want or need and other people want to fulfill that need or like whatever and can't seem to find the proper place to fulfill that yeah do you know what I mean? Like, I think all the time about, like, volunteer situations where it's like, I'm sure so many people would love to go to Bali and work on a farm. Mm-hmm. But the people who own the farms in Bali probably aren't, like, getting direct Instagram ads. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But um, I'm super glad you found that. And it sounds like it's been such a cool experience. Yeah, it's really cool, especially if you're someone who kind of, like, gets bored easily and likes a change of pace. It's definitely always a change of pace and you're constantly adjusting to like a new city like how are you getting around are you taking care of pets what's your new routine yeah like I don't know can you buy the food you need at the grocery store nearby so it's a combination of like super exciting and and kind of exhausting depending on how you look at it but yeah I mean it's it's been fun it's a new environment in every sense of the word, right? Like, you get a new home, you have a new city or town that you're in, you have new, like, animals that you're interacting with. Like, on every single level, it's a new environment. But I feel like if you're someone who likes change, and especially, you know, being young, like, it's good to be able to just up and go and yeah, do that sort of thing. Especially now, since a lot of jobs are remote there's the opportunity to do that before places do start trying to get people to go back to the office or I mean you can always find a place that isn't gonna do that but there are some things that wouldn't allow for it so yeah yeah no that's so awesome I'm so happy for you thanks how about you how have you been any cool updates um Cool updates. Well, I started the final semester of my grad school program, um, which is super exciting. And I'm like kind of getting it's weird because I started it as a pandemic project. Like I started last August and it's a three semester program. So I was kind of like, this is a perfect thing to do just until we're out of this pandemic. And it's funny how much harder it is now that, um, the work well it's not harder but it's more like a balance like before I was just home and I could t- focus almost all of my energy on school exactly and now I'm working again I work in a bar restaurant serving and bartending so that's really good I love it I just love I'm gonna like go on a digression now but I just love like serving people and just everything about food ever so like working in a restaurant does make me happy because I know how like I cherish going out to eat and what I want in an experience so I'm happy to deliver that to people because I'm such an empath (laughs) that I'm like oh my gosh like do you need extra plates (laughs) yeah do you want like oh we have this dressing that I love to dip my fries in like do you want that like all the things that I would love for someone to do for me if I was eating somewhere you know like the the insider (laughs) tricks and I get so excited when people are like oh, I'm a vegetarian, I don't really see much. And I'm like, oh, no, no, just let me tell you, like, <laughs> like you can do this flatbread without the chicken, and it's amazing. Or you can do this, 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 and that. Like, I go <laughs> off, I get so excited whenever someone's like, yeah, I don't eat meat, I don't really know what to do. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm with you. Like, it's such a bonding moment every single time, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, balancing work Best with school. to be school. on the other end of that, too. Oh, yeah, for real. Oh, my. One time there was like this sweet little like eight year old girl and she had no idea (laughs) what she wanted. 
And I told her everything. And she was like, I still kind of want the spinach and artichoke dip. I was like, go for it. (laughs) But her mom was like so happy that (laughs) she was like, she's vegetarian. She doesn't really know what she can eat here. I'm like, oh, girl. And I like walked over and like squatted down and like pointed at all the things on the menu that she could eat. And it was just like, it's cute to connect with people. I mean, that's the whole point of being like a human right is to connect with others and share love and that sort of thing so yeah work has been good and then balancing that with school is I wouldn't say it's challenging but I definitely have way less time than I used to uh which is an adjustment but school is good now I'm learning about green buildings which is a super super interesting and I'm actually doing my final project for this class that I'm in on green restaurants which I'm also so 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 excited to do because the restaurant I work in used to be a pharmacy previously and it's like one way you can get a lot of credits when you are trying to get certified as a green building is by instead of tearing something completely down and starting from scratch, which like wastes a lot of materials and resources, you can, you know, like take what you have and make it into something different, which is super cool and insightful. And that's really interesting to see the ways that people get creative. Like this restaurant me and Allie used to go to all the time when we were in college is called M Bar. They recently closed, rest in peace. <laughs> um, But uh, they used to be a gas station, and they would call themselves the Gas Station Project. And for my project, I'm, like, finding pictures in the archive of, like, the gas station before and the remodeling process and the way they, like, took certain systems in that building for, like, a gasoline and a gas station and just turned it into a restaurant. And it's just really cool to see how you can transform environments and yeah just absolutely fascinating I could go on forever about it but yeah super excited about that um aside from that just work and school has kept me super busy yeah you know like trying to enjoy the final sunny days as they're still here (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a good point like I feel like a lot of our projects that started during the pandemic now we're struggling to balance them as well as we were before because we were just home and chugging away but I feel the same way with my nutrition certification I remember saying on one of the episodes like oh I'll be certified by June but I had to (laughs) extend Mm -hmm. because I had gotten a job so then I didn't have enough time to keep reading yeah doing all the assignments so now we're doing this episode and I'm like wow I would have been so much more on top of this a few months ago when I was like deep in the weeds of the readings but here we are nonetheless it is what it is and yeah the same thing about all the projects we started during the pandemic like I started a yoga training certification which I'm still in the midst of and I'm almost finished with it but with everything that's going on it's like it gets hardest at the end like the last 10% is like you have to like teach a class and Mm -hmm. figure out how to sequence a class and I'm like I just don't have time to watch a three-hour seminar on that right now. <laughs> like, yeah. I really... And just making the time. And then when I do have free time, I just want to chill and relax and watch TV, enjoy the little things. Um, and this this podcast, too. I mean, we started so much. I'm so glad we did all the groundwork before mm-hmm. the pandemic. It's not over by any means, but before the world started to open up again. Yeah. It was kind of the perfect opportunity for us to get, like, our boots on the ground and start moving. And now it's, we've gotten in the flow of, like, recording episodes and that sort of thing and editing and putting it out there. And now it's just bigger things like merch and yeah 
other venues we want to go to, but th- they will always be there and we can just take our time because we want to do it right, you know? I feel like I, I always like guilt myself for not getting enough done. Yeah. And then I realized that a lot of the times the people who have gotten it all done, it's their like actual job. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so imagine spending like 10 hours a day or eight hours a day on this compared to like the few a week that we are able to dedicate these days. <laughs> yeah, if I literally in one week we would be worldwide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Imagine like what is that like 50 hours a week each? That'd be amazing. Sponsor our podcast if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was a good catch up. Thank yeah. you for like yeah, thank you. So yeah, welcome to season 3 everybody. Our topic for the day is all about nutrition facts and this is what me and Allie each look for when we're shopping in the grocery store what we look for in foods and the different types of things that we put in our body and this episode that we can do more freehand because we have been so interested in nutrition and this sort of stuff for so long that it's when we go to the grocery store now I feel like I don't know Allie I'm sure you can relate to this where we I like look at a product I know what I'm looking for and if it doesn't meet this criteria I just put it right back yeah <laughs> I'm like oh okay never mind <laughs> I don't yeah. need this because um, something oftentimes something will look really good and then I'll turn it around and say okay never mind doesn't look yeah. as good from behind <laughs> yeah. oh my god that's um, funny <laughs> so yeah we're just gonna talk about what we look for in nutrition, fa- nutrition facts what we look for in the grocery store and which also ties into like what our main priorities are when we're looking for food and what we're going to eat every day yeah this has evolved for me so much over the years it's going to be interesting to talk about this yeah I would love you said that and I would love to hear about why because I feel like mine has kind of stayed stagnant like there have been a couple things that have come up in my life that have evolved it a little bit but I feel like it's mostly been stagnant for me once I like went on my plant-based journey yeah no that makes sense I think I'm looking at our notes because we had talked about talking about nutrition for health, nutrition for fitness, and then for like vegan, non-dairy plant-based. And Mm -hmm. honestly, like looking at that, I think is sort of the evolution I'm thinking of where it started as health because of my mom. So I kind of like followed her trends in terms of what she would look for, which would be more about like added sugars Mm -hmm. um or like bad ingredients yeah so like no fake ingredients kind of thing Mm -hmm. and then when I got into fitness it was like the opposite where it was like all I care about is the macros like it has to have this much protein it has to have this much like low carbs and then if it had like crazy like protein bars and all that stuff they have crazy ingredients in them and I would just like turn a blind eye and my mom would be like what is in that and I'm like just please ignore it like (laughs) don't look (laughs) and then yeah now I think eating mostly plant-based I don't eat packaged foods as much but when I do I think now I'm so excited about vegan products that sometimes I don't even really read the ingredients as closely as I should but luckily I think a lot of companies know that people are really into that now so they're trying to make it so that they have short ingredient lists and like are really transparent with what is in their food 
Totally. I totally agree. And I feel like the types of people who eat non-dairy, plant-based, and vegan are the types of people who are more aware of nutrition and the, the impacts that crazy ingredients can have. So I feel like if you're going to make like a vegan product or any sort of niche like that, you have to know your consumer and your demographic and know that if someone who's going to eat vegan isn't going to probably eagerly eat like high fructose corn syrup and all these other things that is just thrown into products a lot these days. And it's interesting that you say that thing about your mom because growing up, like for me, my mom grew up like super super poor like when she lived in New York City like they didn't have hot water they would have to like boil their Mm. water to shower oh my god she told me this story the other day where she like had a bake sale for her Girl Scout troop and her mom was a terrible cook and she burned the cake but they didn't have enough money to like buy another cake or like cake supplies her mom put icing on top of this burnt cake and just oh my sold god. it at the bake sale but like <laughs> oh my god my mom was talking to her and just cracking up she was just like mom what <laughs> like this cake was like black and she was just like icing that's so funny um so like from her perspective i feel like a lot of her shopping for me i mean obviously she wanted me to eat healthy and it was kind of more of like a a bang for your buck situation like we'd always get our food from bj's wholesale and Mm -hmm. my mom loves the dollar store and sometimes even now she'll buy food from the dollar store and i'm like should you really be buying these mushrooms from the dollar store like it's one thing if you want to eat something that is like really like i don't know unhealthy but you know it's unhealthy yeah and you just want to try it like i was in the dollar store the other day with her and they had cheetos mac and cheese oh my god and I was like, okay, I have to buy this. First of all, it's a dollar. Second of all, Cheetos mac and cheese. Like, are you serious? So I bought it for my boyfriend and we tried it. And it was good, but it's, you know, it's definitely not like healthy <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. But it's still like, and they'll buy pizza crust from there. And I'm like, I just don't. And I don't look at the ingredients because I don't, I feel bad being preaching, being like, you shouldn't buy this stuff from the dollar store because it's probably not healthy for you and also for a lot of people i get that mentality it's like you grew up not having a lot of money and needing to get the cheapest food possible and like food is food so i totally understand that but at a certain point i'm like if you have the means to find food that maybe doesn't have such i don't know i mean i don't even know what's in there but i'm sure the ingredient list is super long and you know has a bunch of stuff that is not great for you in it yeah and i just kind of and i'm i i would never say anything because I would just start an argument and there's no need for that (laughs) over like a dollar store pizza crust. But it is, it's like growing up, it was like, what is the most cost effective? Yeah. Over health. And we would have fresh fruits and veggies, but then if like, it's like the marinated mushrooms or like the canned olives or Mm. that sort of thing, like the, I guess it's processed food, but it's more like the pre vegetables. That's an interesting concept too. Not every vegetable is created equal kind of thing. Like, yeah often like the canned stuff isn't obviously going to be as healthy because they have to put in ingredients to preserve it and then what does that look like or what do they put in to like make it still taste good so yeah no that's a really good point and I think probably one of the main considerations when talking about health and food these days which we always come back to but like the bottom line is that really unhealthy food is really accessible and really cheap a lot of the time Mm -hmm. so it is tough yeah 100% and I I get that like I understand I mean and I don't mean to like stand on a pedestal I mean 
My thing is I just want people to eat, like, the food that is good for them, and I want it to be accessible. Mm-hmm. But I understand what the way, like, our society is structured and the way capitalism is, is it doesn't, it frequently doesn't work that way. And there's yeah. many examples of that. And it's just more knowing what to look for and getting what you can, if possible. Because there is a lot of, in- like, inequality and equity stuff that goes into like the vegan plant-based argument and I totally I think all those concerns are so valid Mm -hmm. like 100% but I also think I don't know food should just be more equitable in general yeah well hopefully there's a lot of companies trying to change that right now Mm -hmm. but when you go to the grocery store what are your primary guidelines when you turn around a can or a box and you're looking at the ingredients what goes Mm -hmm. through your head so for me, I do not give a fuck about calories at all. Like I, I've gotten to this point where I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't care. Like if it has a lot of calories, great, I'll feel full. Like I don't really pay much attention to that. What I pay attention to now is primarily protein, fiber, and various types of minerals. But what I look for specifically in minerals is iron. And then everything else is just a bonus for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if I see a lot of minerals in something that I didn't expect, I'm like, great. And it makes me more inclined to throw it in my cart. But for me, as a plant-based person, obviously protein is a major, major component. <laughs> yeah. And you always get those questions of like, well, where do you get your protein from? And It is super important, but protein is in a lot of different things that you wouldn't necessarily think of. And if you have a type of product that is made from something that is high protein, even though it's plant-based, like, so this can be like soy type of products. Alternative meats typically have a lot of protein, like the Beyond Meat and the Impossible Burgers that we talked about last episode. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, I look for protein, but I'm not like hunting for it. I will say in the beginning, I looked for yeah. it a lot more, but now I kind of look to get just different types of foods in my diet. I don't know what are, I'm sure protein is on your list too. What are your thoughts about that? It's a good question. I <laughs> honestly like <laughs> this is a tough time for this conversation for me, and is reminding me to like get back into into this more because I think the last year. The last six months, particularly for me, have been really difficult with food. I haven't really had a whole lot of balance in my life, and therefore food has fallen to the bottom of the like priority list. Yeah. Um, so it's more like what's available and what's quick. Yeah. So it's been really tough to like prioritize that kind of stuff. But I think if I am shopping, yes, I definitely like to look at the protein and make sure that I'm eating some products that have high protein. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think now I definitely do jump down straight to the ingredients, particularly because of the non-dairy thing. So I'm always going straight to the bottom where it says contains and then it will list like soy or milk or nuts. And if it doesn't say milk, Mm -hmm. I just that that's like the main thing and then I'll look at the ingredients really quick to like scan and hopefully it's a short list if it's a long list then if I see anything crazy in there I might like double check and put it back you know like an ideal ingredient list would be a few ingredients and it's like cashews water salt you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I think those are the primary (laughs) things now yeah yeah 
No, I'm really glad you brought up that, like, contains slash allergens point because that was also on my list. And I th- I cannot stress how important this is when you're trying to live a plant-based slash dairy-free slash vegan lifestyle or even if you have like a gluten intolerance because there's I think 12 major allergens I think um, a bunch of them are nuts but then also on that list are eggs dairy or milk I guess is what they use on the list but generally it's dairy and um wheat slash gluten is on that list too and legally they're required I think that these major allergens if they're in a product you have to put it in bold at the end of the ingredients list so that it's clear that someone doesn't have to like rifle through every single ingredient when they're looking for something because if they're seriously allergic to something because these are the major allergens these are things that people are commonly allergic to if so you have to list it at the end in bold so people who are allergic to something don't buy something they're allergic to on accident and this girl that i work with actually the other day she's celiac and she was saying she bought this like tomato soup and she looked at the ingredients but it didn't say it and i don't know if it was just like something she glossed over if it wasn't labeled correctly like sometimes it's hard to tell and I, I personally I can't speak to like the gluten thing because it's not something yeah. I've ever really tried to do and she actually was telling me that she is trying to go more plant-based her and her boyfriend that she lives with and I'm like that must be so hard being like yeah. gluten-free and like dairy egg meat-free yeah or like it's like so dairy hard. egg meat and not like if you're allergic to nuts and you're trying to that, that too yeah alternatives it is such a luxury to be able to like choose to have this diet yeah because for a lot of people a lot of the substitutes do use nuts or gluten or wheat or certain things that many people are allergic to mm-hmm. so like i said many non-vegan products are considered major allergens and it should be involved at the bottom so if you're trying to actively avoid something like milk or eggs it should be listed on the bottom in bold so it's hard to miss yeah, such a good trick. Yeah, it is. And I think that counts for milk powder, too, which milk powder is a stinky little motherfucker. Oh my gosh. You can find it's going into everything, but... <laughs> Literally, yesterday, I had a bad experience with milk powder. Really? Because, yeah, we were ordering food, and it was on an app, so I had a question about mm-hmm. the... It, what was it? It was like a rice plate, mm-hmm. and I wanted to know if it was vegan, yeah. Because there was a bunch of different stuff in it. And then she was like, yeah, there's... I'm trying to remember what the other... I think I'd asked about the sauce and then if anything else. And she was like, yeah, like, the sauce has uh, milk in it and the pita has milk powder in it. But we can do both without them. That's how she phrased it. So I think she just, like, misspoke because later we ordered the food. Mm-hmm. There's a pita... And I look at the bag and I see the word vegan on it. And I was like, amazing. Like, they gave me vegan pita. So I (laughs) ate it. And then after, I was like, wait, where's the vegan pita? And there was only one bag. And I look at the bag and it's like, not vegan, has milk powder. So I think she she had, like, not meant... When she said it, too, it was like, how can you make the pita without milk powder? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. But I think she was saying... They can do the plate without the pita. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which is just like a weird thing to say because like obviously, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I ate that and like it's totally fine. I mean, I'm fine. It's just so funny. It's in everything. Like, why is there milk powder in that? Literally, couldn't you put like nooch in there or something? <laughs> uh, if people aren't familiar with nooch, it's like the 
word on the street for nutritional yeast, which yeah. is honestly I don't even know what it's derived from, but it, it kind of tastes like cheese and it's like this basically powder, like crumbly thing that you can put into. I put it in potatoes and other mm. pastas and dishes that I make, and it makes it taste cheesy without any cheese. That's great. It's also really good for you because it has B12. Yeah. It's it's called nutritional yeast for a reason, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Some people really don't like it, but I really don't mind it. It's good. I feel like it depends on the brand you get as well. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the stuff in this realm is like, yeah, you can have really terrible that's true vegan cheese but you can also have really good vegan cheese yeah it ju- you just have to know and it sucks like there really should be like a a better way to figure that out but you know we're getting there it's so crazy the amount of brands i was at i'm in a town called eureka california eureka yeah it's really <laughs> cool and there's a grocery store called eureka natural foods Mm-hmm. And the amount of products in that store that were vegan, absolutely mind-blowing. I've never seen more in my entire life. Like, think about as many as you've seen and multiply it by, like, three. That's amazing. Every single aisle, like, every single type of product. It was crazy. So I, I saw a lot of brands I've never heard of before and also mm-hmm. brands that we have heard of that just had different types of products that I haven't seen on the Mm -hmm. east coast yet like kite hill i've seen do cream cheese but they had yogurt and Mm. um like forager the smoothie Mm -hmm. things (gasps) that you get they had a bunch Uh, of different flavors of those i found vegan ravioli from amy's um tons of different ice cream brands and flavors like daya has ice cream apparently is it good I didn't get that. There was like another (laughs) brand that I got instead that I I forget what it's called. It's like No Muda or something. Yeah. But bottom line, it's blowing up. That's super exciting. I'm really happy to hear about that. And I feel like being on the West Coast, that side of the country is way more on that wavelength. Yeah. Um, We should investigate that. I'm curious why that is. I, yeah, I'm also really curious why and just the distribution because i know you were like in washington earlier Mm -hmm. like a month ago so i wonder like the the correlation between that or if there is like a super niche because i was again like a work story but this couple came in and again i connected this girl because she was a vegetarian she was like are there any like niche vegetarian places because she was like from where i am in maryland which i'm assuming is right outside of dc um, which is super metropolitan, so there's probably a lot of, you know, like, cool new urban, new concept restaurants. And she's like, yeah, where I'm from, we have a ton of, like, niche vegetarian places. Like, are there anything like that around here? And I'm like, I mean, there's one place that makes a really good, like, that's all vegan that I know of. Yeah. That makes a really good, um, you know, but it's not like a restaurant restaurant. It's kind of like a cafe style. The food is divine. But it's not like, you know, traditional restaurant going out to eat experience. And it's not like they have alcohol or anything there. So it's not like you can go out for a night and, you know, have drinks and have a good, you know, like spend your whole evening at that place. It's definitely like a stop for food. But if you want to get drinks, you'd have to go somewhere else. And then the next closest place is in Providence, which is like over an hour away from where we were. And I was like, 
yeah, we just don't really have that because in New England, it's more of like a seafood focus. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious too, because the West Coast is also on the coast. So I wonder what the seafood is like there or if it's really a thing or if That's I'd be really curious. Point. It was in Seattle. They definitely like I wonder, highlight it. Is there lobster there? Um, another good point. I feel like that's more <laughs> an East Coast thing. I don't think I really saw that as much as just general, like, fish stuff. Yeah. Like, lobster so rolls many- is more of an East Coast thing, I think. No, because I think lobster are more, like, indigenous to the East Coast of the Atlantic Ocean. Or, mm-hmm. like, East Coast, North America. Yeah. But I... I I always think about how, like, way, 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 like, hundreds of years ago, lobster used to be something they used to feed the poor because there was just so many of them. Um, Like, they were kind of like a pest. Yeah. Because of how abundant they were. And then they got over-harvested and that sort of thing. And now they're, like, a luxury food. And you pay, like, $40 for a lobster roll at some places. That is crazy. Because of like overconsumption, so it's it's really fascinating. Because hmm. I and there's other things that you can like farm. Like I know you can farm salmon, and I think you can farm oysters, which are also like I would say some of the more popular seafood dishes over here. But I'm not sure what the situation is with that on the west coast. Another good point: the farming thing. I always forget about that too. Yeah, I would love to do an episode on like seafood farming versus fresh caught. Yeah. Me too. <gasps> Add it to the queue. Oh, sorry. I know, right? Quick digression. My dad went fishing the other day, and he saw a sea turtle. Aw. Like, in... I didn't even know he had them here in Connecticut, like, off the coast. Was that his first time ever seeing one? Like, think, well, yeah. out there? In, in this area, yeah. I think he's seen them, like, when he's been on vacation. And other places where you expect them, but never here. And it was like right on the surface. <laughs> I was like, is, "Was it alive?" <laughs> like, <Aww. laughs> yeah. And it was. And I'm like, oh, "That's amazing," because <laughs> I was really scared that he was gonna be like, "No, it wasn't." <laughs> yeah. But but no, it was it was just chilling on top of the water. I was like, "Wow." My mom always looks for those when they. My aunt and her always go kayaking on little lakes. Oh, really? Well, I guess that wouldn't be a sea turtle, right? Well, that's the thing. I don't know. I I went on, like, a scuba, well, snorkeling trip to Bermuda in high school for, like, this marine biology course. And everybody was like, yeah, if you're lucky, you'll see a sea turtle. So I thought they were more of, like, a Caribbean thing, like, way more towards the south. I didn't think there were really any off the coast of New England. But I I could be wrong and just not know. Or, you know, like, you know, the ecosystem is changing. They might have to move up north to have similar types of water because it's getting hotter in those warmer climates. Good point. Digression upon digression, but (laughs) back to nutrition facts. What are other things you look for in food? Um, I agree with you about the calories thing, I think. But I think that's because of our preferred diets. Like, typically, that's not really a concern when you're eating mostly plant-based products. Um, Mm -hmm. So I also don't really, like, 
take note of that. I would say the next thing would be the added sugars. I'm picturing looking at a label and I think my eyes usually jump straight there because that is a big concern. I think that's like a very hidden thing with a lot of foods where on the front it could look like a health food or like it can look like it's 100% juice or like natural ingredients yeah. and then the sugars are like absolutely insane. Yeah. So I try to avoid that. That is tough too with things like non-dairy yogurts typically at least like the single serves are usually flavored and not like plain. So yeah. those are always going to have added sugars, which to me is mm -hmm. like on one hand an indication that it's not as good for you as you want it to be. And on the other hand is an indication to me that it might taste just kind of grossly sweet. I don't know. So yeah, yeah, that would be a big one to watch out for. That's a good point. I didn't even put sugar on my list, but that is definitely something that I look for, especially with juices and also kombucha oh, like yeah. i really have to like keep an eye out with kombucha because some put so much in yeah and i'm like this is this is something i'm drinking solely for the health benefits solely like because it's a pre-probiotic so yeah i'm drinking it to like try to diversify my microbiome and then <laughs> it's like 50 grams of sugar and i'm like whoa that means is it I some can't, of it like, natural sugars, or is it all, like, do they add a bunch? Off the top of my head, I'm not sure. I'm sure some of it is natural and some of it is added, but I found brands that barely have any. Mm. So I'm assuming if some brands can do it without really any, and others can do it with a ton, that it's probably added or something that they do. Because most kombuchas add flavor, which you and I both discovered, Ali, when we were visiting our friend Shaniqua in New York. She had just, like, the original kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> and we were blown away. The original girls. <laughs> the original girls with the original kombucha. No, because we, I mean, I'd never, I never even seen in the store. It's always the flavored kind. Yeah. That's what, but the original yeah, kind is so good. And I bet you all that sugar comes from trying to flavor it and make it more marketable and appealing. But it's like, okay, I actually like the one without the flavor way more. And it's like you're saying with the yogurt, like I would rather just have the plain thing. And then if I want to add strawberry or whatever to it, I can. There's yeah. nothing stopping me. I would love to do a whole episode just on kombucha. I would too. Because I, for my notes, I wrote like probiotics is something I look for. Pre slash pro. But I said, honestly, I don't know much about it aside from that. You're good for your gut health and your microbiome. Yeah. <laughs> But um, if something says it's pre or probiotic, I'm way more likely to purchase it. Definitely. Same. Mm -hmm. Which I'm seeing the prebiotic a lot more. I feel like that wasn't as much of a thing previously, yeah, but honest, I'm seeing it a lot more. I don't really understand what it means. I think I figure it's, out what it means. I'm pretty sure that probiotic is saying that it has live cultures or like, you know, mm -hmm. bacteria that is good for your gut. And then prebiotic are foods that feed those good bacteria so if you picture oh. it like a chain like pre feeds into pro pro feeds into like good gut health that's how i picture it i think that's how it works that makes sense yeah i like that in my mind i have this visual of like the the little fish being eaten by the big fish yeah basically fish. <laughs> exactly yeah that's what it is <laughs> yeah fascinating well yeah i think we should definitely do an episode on that in the future 
two more things I just want to touch on really quick. And these are like the last two things I look for because I know we're going to wrap up soon. The first is, well, there's two. There's fiber and iron. Those are the two things I really look for. Mm-hmm. Um, fiber I look for specifically because in the past I've like had trouble pooping. <laughs> like I went on vacation yeah. once and I didn't, I didn't poop for like two weeks. And I was like, this is a major, major issue. Oh my god. And then after that, I oh my god, I'll never forget it. Like Kiara's little sister gave me these like bran flakes. And I don't know what they are, but you know how skinny Kiara's sister is. So I was like, what the yeah. fuck are these? Are these what you eat? Because I I would love to be as skinny as you. <laughs> <laughs> um and then they helped me poop, but it's I don't I don't know what the fuck it was. I have to DM her one day and just be like, what was that? That kind of feels like it might have had laxatives in it. No, it was like some some like Croatian thing. It was wow. just like cereal, basically, like puffy cereal. But it wasn't. Maybe cereal. it just has a was, lot of just like natural whole grains. Yeah, probably. But yeah, so like that's my number one dietary priority. Honestly, like I look for fiber before anything else. But I found out that there's different types of fiber. So they're soluble and insoluble, and soluble can reduce blood cholesterol and sugar, and it helps the body improve glucose control. And types of foods that contain soluble fiber are dried beans, oats, rice, bran, barley, citrus fruits, apples, strawberries, peas, and potatoes. And also it says oat bran and oats. And I was like, what is the difference between oat bran and oats? (laughs) And I found that bran is the outer part of the oat groat. (laughs) I was like, what is an oat groat? And it's like, it kind of looks like rice. So I guess the oat is contained in, like, the shell sort of thing. And that's called the groat. So I love that it's called the oat groat. (laughs) The oat groat. That might not even be how it's pronounced, but that's how I read it in my brain. I'm like, that is hilarious. And then insoluble fiber attracts water to the stool, making it softer and easier to pass with less strain on the body. And this can be derived from wheat bran, whole whole grains, cereals, seeds, and skins of many fruits and vegetables. And soluble fiber slows digestion and helps absorb nutrients from food, whereas insoluble fiber draws water into the stool and adds bulk to your stool which helps it pass more quickly through the intestines. And the difficult thing when looking at nutrition facts is that it doesn't distinguish between, like, what is what. Like, it just is fiber content. So you just have to look into, like, what foods you can get different things from. And it's super important to get diverse sources of fiber in your diet so that you can make sure that, like, both systems are balanced. Because I'm sure when I had those issues with my digestion, it was probably because I was getting one type of fiber source but not the other. Yeah. Do you know what, like, what you would primarily find each type in? Um, so, yeah. So, insoluble fiber, which makes it easier to pass, BMs, <laughs> is from wheat bran, whole grain, cereals, seeds, and the skins of many fruits and vegetables. And then soluble fiber is from dried beans, oats, rice bran, barley, citrus fruits, apples strawberries peas and potatoes so it's like it's not like it's just like one you get from vegetables and one you get from grain which would make it much simpler in my head but it's like the fact that soluble fiber is oats rice and barley and then insoluble fiber is like wheat bran and whole grains that's very hard to distinguish in my mind (laughs) yeah 
because I feel like you just have to read so many ingredients to figure out which is which, but it's more easy for me to be like, okay, it's a cereal. It probably has one of these grains. You know what I mean? Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I guess it's just, I mean, diversity is key and I feel like almost every single facet of life, but especially in your diet. So the more diverse foods you can eat, the better off your digestive system will be. For sure. And that's where like this all comes in is we're talking about ingredient lists, assuming that people are or we're buying packaged products, right? But like a lot of these things that we're looking for are things that are naturally found in a lot of like fruits and vegetables and like whole grains that are just obviously you have to buy like, for example, oats in a package, but the package should just say oats, you know? Yeah, Um, totally. So it is It is like that interesting when you're looking at like a granola bar versus mm-hmm. just straight up like oats and or if like yeah. you made it yourself at home, just like the considerations that are going into that. No, totally. And like I primarily drink oat milk in my coffee and I'm like, does that count as oats or because it's processed, does it lose a lot of that nutritional content? And I, I again, think it I is love- the latter. Yeah, um, but I would love to do another episode about, like, nutritional content of processed foods and yeah, that sort of thing because, it, I mean, I, I guess anything you're putting in your coffee is probably processed, but it is, like, does it matter if everything, you know what I mean? Like, if every single type of milk you're going to put in your coffee, whether it's soy milk, coconut milk, almond milk, yeah, oat milk, if it's processed, are you choosing it for your nutrition or at that point should you just pick it for taste because it doesn't really matter that much? Because it's all processed anyway. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I just go by taste because if I don't go by taste, then I don't finish the coffee and I'm mad I spent $4 on coffee that I'm not finishing. Yeah. (laughs) That's where a lot of weird ingredients come in for my diet, I would say, like creamers. Yeah. (laughs) But I always like let it slide. Then it doesn't taste good. Like I would so much rather have something that is just like oats and water because sometimes like the flavored ones just don't taste good. Yeah, I totally agree. Oh my gosh. Sorry, quick comment corner. But like I was at Cumberland Farms the other day and I had to get gas, but I ran and I got a coffee and they had the oatmeal cookie creamer in the coffee section and like the little, um, and I, I died, Allie, I died. They used to have like the silk vanilla soy milk creamer and I was always like bleh. And sometimes I would actually actively... Even though I don't eat dairy, but they had like a Cold Stone Creamery sweet cream creamer and it was so good that I was like, you know what, for this, I'll just let it slide because the silk was just not doing it for me. Like I would just never finish it. Um, and they had the oat milk cookie on and I was so, 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 so happy. Oh my God. I'm so ha- I, happy for you. But it it wasn't like the Oat Yeah brand. I think Silk bought them because it said Silk oatmeal cookie, but it was the same label and like image. So I think they oh. might have bought out. Oh, yeah, which is really interesting, and I would love to look more into that. But I was just wait. Going, I think Whoa, we already might happening? have come across that discovery before. I think I remember a soy milk. I, I remember seeing a soy milk with the same thing, where I was like, "Wait, this is silk, but it's also oh yeah, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> but oh, that's yeah, that's crazy. You say that because I was going to text you this, but then I realized we would talk about it on the podcast but I (laughs) one of the products that I found at Eureka Natural Foods is that creamer I've never found that near my house in 
like in Boston or um, in my hometown. I had never found it except for when I came to your house, but I found it the other day here. So I've been having that in the mornings. Oh my gosh. Do you love it? It's so good, but it's so sweet. It was really good. I remember like having it with you, but it was the most enjoyable to me. I think like in the late afternoon when we would get our like second coffee of the day. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of like the, like the cookie coffee break type of, Yeah, it's like the two in one. Like, cause I feel like in the afternoon you want like a coffee and a little sweet and Mm -hmm. that just does both. But yeah, you're right in the morning. It's a lot. Yeah. In the morning, I think I like just a I don't know. I, I've definitely gotten to the point of preferring espresso. So something a little bit like smoother and stronger versus like the really sweet mm-hmm. stuff. Well, that's a thing too. Like, like if you ever have bad coffee, it's tastes better if you just put like a really sweet creamer in it. Like sometimes I'll have bitter espresso and I'll add sugar when it's super bitter. Yeah. And it is, it's like the better quality coffee you have, the better quality creamer you can use. And you don't have to add a bunch of sugar or flavor to it because the coffee just tastes good. 100%. Yeah. That's the best type of coffee to not have to add sweetener. Yeah. No, for sure. Like it should just taste good. That is, I'm curious. I'm going to look at the ingredients of that creamer after this because I, yeah, it's an example of like, I just saw it and I was like, oh my God. And I got it, but I didn't look at yeah. the ingredients. <laughs> So I'm yeah. curious. That's yeah. an example. Like with plant-based products, there was a list which we also need to do an episode on these specifically, but there was some products that were like common in plant-based products like carrageenan that originally mm-hmm. I found out just because my mom pointed it out, but then I read about it in a couple other places too. But it was just like yeah. flagged as an ingredient you should like be aware of because of some health concerns and a lot of products yeah. would have it, and then I would be like, "Ah, I can't get this now because this is in it." I know it's so long, but you know what? Like, it's probably better than eating red meat. Yeah, like is it all relative? <laughs> yeah, like that ingredient is from. It comes from algae, I'm pretty sure, or something oh, wow. involving algae. And then the concern was that it was causing some digestive issues in people, mm-hmm. or like some irritation to the digestive system. But, like, at the very, like, basic level, if you think about that versus so many other foods that people eat, yeah, exactly. It's, like, pick your poison, right? Like, yeah, it really, the the conclusion that I finally came to after a bunch of of research, I'm pretty sure, was to try it. And if it bothers you specifically, then don't have it. But otherwise, like, so far, it's not been proven to be, like, bad for you. Yeah, exactly. But that's not up-to-date research, so... Don't take my word for it. Yeah. I'll update next time. <laughs> yeah. Get back to us on that. Do you have any other things you want to, ingredients and stuff you want to talk about or nutrition facts? I think I'm good. How about you? I just have iron that I want to talk about briefly and then I'm gone. I'm good after that. Yes. Tell me about iron. I'm curious. Okay. So I never really paid much attention to iron until I went to go give blood a couple times and they turned me away because my what is it called oh why am I blanking on this term it's like hemoglobin Mm -hmm. was too low I think it has to be over 12 to give blood and like the way it always works out the blood drives near where I live where it's most convenient for me always happen like right after my period or when I'm on my period so like I'm typically low iron during that time anyway 
Yeah. But I've been sent away from blood drives, I think, like one or two times because my iron has been too low. And um, after looking into it, I found out that there's also different types of iron as well, just like there is with different types of fiber. And in terms of iron, there is non-heme and heme iron. Non-heme iron. Well, first of all, iron deficiency is apparently the world's most common mineral deficiency, especially in women. And I think that's tricked, like related to the menstrual cycle. Non-heme iron comes from plants. And there's heme iron that comes from flesh. Heme iron is more easily absorbed in your digestive tract, and it's a large source of dietary iron for the average person. And it, it's exclusively found in flesh, so I don't even think you can get it from milk or eggs. Mm. Maybe eggs. But um, it's it's when I was looking, it said it's only found in meat, poultry, and seafood. So non-heme iron, the kind that comes from plants, because non-heme iron isn't absorbed as well in the bloodstream and the digestive system, like non-heme iron contains phytates which i don't know if you've heard them heard about them in your nutrition course but they bind to iron and carry it through the digestive tract unabsorbed and non-heme iron is found in plant foods like whole grains nuts seeds legumes and leafy greens if you don't eat meat you have to eat twice as twice as much iron in order to get the same amount so like you can eat let's say like 20 grams of iron from a meat source and 20 grams of iron from a plant source and your body is going to absorb half as much from the plant source, which I didn't know until I looked into that and I found it really fascinating and it's because of this, I think it's called, I think it's pronounced phytates. It just like doesn't absorb it into your digestive system and your bloodstream. So you have to get twice as much from plant sources, which can be difficult sometimes too because the same thing with calories, like meat has more calories and, or not per calorie, but like if you eat a small serving of meat, then you do get a lot of iron because it's just so calorically dense. And I think it's the yeah. same thing with iron. Whereas, for example, like broccoli has more protein per calorie, but you have to eat a lot more broccoli in order to get the same amount of protein as you would from like a six ounce piece of steak or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I just found that really, really interesting that you have to eat twice as much iron if you're getting it from plant sources. And I was like, that's fucked up. I'm actually kind of mad. <laughs> yeah. Like the natural world from that, but then I was doing more research and it said that um, a high heme intake, so the iron that comes from animal sources, is associated with an increased risk of several cancers, including colon cancer, pancreatic cancer, and lung cancer. And likewise, the evidence is there for increased risks of type 2 diabetes and coronary heart disease is associated with high intake of heme iron. Mm. So... I don't know. Really, really interesting. And I didn't know any of this stuff about iron. I thought iron was just iron. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like this came up in our last episode, too, talking about uh, the difference between Beyond and Impossible because one of the companies is trying to replicate that heme in their meat and the other Mm -hmm. isn't. But yeah, iron is super important. So it is a really, like, interesting topic to investigate especially for people who are trying to make sure they're getting enough of it which again like yeah definitely not something that I have paid enough attention to and I think like you make a good point which is we're taught the nutrition facts and like the nutrition pyramid all in relation Mm -hmm. to the normal diet which is going to include meat so sometimes when it comes to heme stuff or like Mm -hmm. iron things like that that are different in plants versus meat my brain kind of like 
has trouble processing it because there's not enough different sources coming at us that are reinforcing that info. Like we're constantly trying to understand the difference and like, okay, but what does that mean for me? What does that mean for this type of person or this type of diet? So it gets kind of confusing. And then I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just going to not think about it. (laughs) Totally. And like, even I feel like when I was thinking of all iron is created equal, I still probably wasn't getting enough iron because it's not something I actively look out for. And I really should pay more attention to the nutrition of the food that I'm eating. But sometimes I just get so busy that it kind of sits on the back burner. And as long as I'm not hungry and I'm trying to cover like the simple bases of like protein, fat and carbs, then I'm like, okay, that's good enough for now. Yeah. But once I learned that like you need twice as much iron if you're getting it from non-animal sources... I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Then I'm probably getting like a quarter as much as I should when I thought I was getting half as much as I should because I thought it was all created equal. Also, when I (laughs) – what the first time I got turned away from the blood drive, this this sweet woman, she was like, you know, it's okay. This happens sometimes. And you can get iron in a lot of different things. Like they have them in Oreos. (laughs) (laughs) she literally told me to eat oreos i was like okay thank you because i know they're vegan (laughs) that's another good point which we can come back to is what's the difference when things are like fortified or have minerals and vitamins added rather than just naturally occurring like there's so Mm -hmm. much that goes into it the more we do these episodes the more i understand why people just don't want to think about it at all (laughs) totally like it's overwhelming and like the the more you look into it, the more you realize, the more questions you have, right? Like yeah. I was, I was doing like a little research on this iron thing and you know how Google like will suggest questions for you. Yeah. So I'm like, what's the difference between heme and non-heme iron? And then I like click on a couple of the questions and then it's like, is the iron you eat the same thing as the iron metal? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, it is. I mean, it's the same mineral, but it's just. it's just like it's in a different form kind of but again I have the same like question I'm like yeah I'm assuming it's the same because it's called the same thing but we just lack such like a basic knowledge about it wait this is why I love the the internet so much because it's just bonding people bonding over the things that don't make any sense everyone's like do you know this do are we supposed to learn this or like does nobody know this are we just all pretending Have we been eating metal this whole time? <laughs> like, like, I have to know. It's so funny. Iron, iron metal, iron man. Yeah, it's crazy. So iron is something I look for now, but only because the Red Cross was like, inaugural, you need more. And I'm like, okay, if the Red Cross is telling me I need more iron, yeah, I'm going to listen. But yeah, that's it for what I look for in nutrition facts. Probably missed stuff, but... Yeah. In my current state of life, that's like the amount of brain power that I've been dedicating to it, which makes me, I don't know, it's just interesting. I just used to have so much more like brain space for this stuff, and I know I'm missing a lot of facts I used to know, or even like six months ago read in my mm-hmm. books that I always talk about. I had, I remember learning a cool way to decide if a product was truly whole grains or not and it was basically like dividing the fiber by something else but I can't remember what it is like I'm gonna have to look it up but there's little things like that 
where not only is it like the labels on the food, it's also like companies trying to play tricks with that as well. And it just Mm -hmm. gets so complicated, but it's good to have the tools to know how to navigate that landscape. I know it is. It's so, it's so hard and overwhelming. And I feel like if we, we care so much about this, but I, I can only imagine that the average person really doesn't, doesn't pay much attention it's all about you know exposure I mean? for sure. I think I wouldn't sure. know or I wouldn't care if it wasn't for my mom when I was growing up. Like it was always such a big part of our discussions and like her interests. So it really became totally. one of mine. But but yeah, it really depends. Totally. And for me too, like I went plant-based because of environmental reasons. And then when I watch documentaries or read those books, they also talk about the nutrition and why it's better for people. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit, they're right. Like, <laughs> like I should be paying more attention to this because it's not it, – it should be common knowledge, but it's not. And, yeah. and I get that, like, nutrition science is often contested and, you know, like, um, academia and medical journals always go back and forth on certain things. And I can understand why that makes some people skeptical, but – I do think there are some basic things that have been known for a while that we can all, like, you know, vegetables are good. You should get fiber and iron and all these minerals in your diet. <laughs> yeah. You know, these sort of things. And it's like, where do you get them from? Like, it, it, it should be common knowledge. Write a book. Yeah. How to eat. <laughs> it's actually funny it's you kidding. say that because I think that um, Michael Pollan it's, has a book yeah. that's basically called that. No, it is. I think it is healthy or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like guidelines. I, I said it and I was like, that's copyright infringement. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but <laughs> whatever. Support Michael Pollan, I guess. He already I did definitely it. We don't need to write a book. Once yeah. I'm done with all my other stuff. Uh, the other stuff never ends. That other stuff. But yeah. So yeah, I think that about wraps it up. Thank you so much for tuning in to our third season. How amazing is that? I just can't even express my gratitude for y'all and for Allie, of course. Thank you guys so much. You can find us on Instagram at Pass the Compassion. Please DM us any like episodes you want us to do, any topics you want us to cover, any questions you might have. Maybe we could do like a question corner and like answer quick questions for anybody. Any final thoughts, Allie? No, just I hope everyone has a lovely day or evening or sleep whenever you're listening to this. Tomorrow's going to be the best day ever. The best day ever. Oh, and our next episode is going to be about spooky, scary vegetables. (laughs) We'll let you interpret that and you can hear about it next week. (laughs) I cannot wait. It's going to be great. Love you. Bye.